Mark, it's, uh, welcome to Hub Talks, and Thank I you. am absolutely delighted to welcome Mark Swain, who's a CX consultant. How are you today, Mark? Really good. Thank you. Um, bad weather, but uh, good. Good to see you yes, here. Yeah. Now in a lovely, uh, warm hotel. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I hope you're even half excited about, uh, as we are in, in Talent Hub, about tonight's event. Yeah, it should be really interesting. There's some really good, experienced people here on the panel, and uh, there will be a lot of rich opinions and conversation going around current trends. So it would be really good to get into this. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I have to admit, I was really uh, looking forward to interviewing you because some of these new, you know, the new terms and it's very hard for people to distill them. So what I'm going to kick off with is, sure. you know, everyone's talking about the importance of this whole experience economy. I'd love if you could just break that down for, sure. for the layman listening in. Yeah, sure. Like it's, um, it can be described in one sentence or a hundred sentences, right? There's so much to it. But if you're to distill it down, it's like we've, um, over the past while, we, we have entered this kind of DTC area where it's direct to customer um, under the customer's expectations of the experience. Um, if we think about how customers experience software or want to purchase um, and how they want to make the experience their own, so the expectation is there is that the brand is very much on their side and going to deliver to them the mm -hmm. way they want okay. and they expect no matter what the medium platform window that they're working or operating in or prefer to be in you know it's kind of like going to the impression why isn't my brand there why can't i interact with them? why can't i shop here what's the problem this is how i work mm. so why isn't ah, the brand okay. with me yes. here yeah so and that experience is kind of full-blown right it's um it's right through from pre to post stages mm -hmm. so it's like it's where the pre-stages where a customer can be searching or shopping brands, browsing the usual stuff on multiple areas on mm. mobile. Um, they'll eventually start and commit to a particular journey with a brand. And once they go on that brand, you know, um, they go on that, they begin to browse, pick, select, buy. The kind of post stage of that is where a lot of platforms and brands are really starting to focus on now quite an obvious thing to stay the retention phase mm, but mm. the retention phase is really becoming the gold area where brands can attempt to win and keep customers in lower lower churn um if it's an e-commerce site if it's an app it's if it's a if it's a bot based piece mm, whatever mm, it might be and mm. um, that whole retention phase is what creates a bit of love and hook yes to keep the customer there and people want it yeah, right? yeah. Like they're getting quite selective uh, because customers also are being hammered by optionality across most windows and e-commerce or messaging or whatever it might be um, in terms of product lines. Or if you look at mm. an Instagram, mm. every yeah, every yeah, second yeah. scroll yeah. is an ad. Yeah. I can hit the shop now button and uh, yeah, it's just growing. So that whole experience, that one journey from pre to post is is, um, is really becoming the area and identifying the real moments of truth. Right. in there for a brand where the hook lies and the aha moments mm -hmm. lie for them to really keep customers on board is uh, yeah it's be, they're focusing more and more and more on this and if we were to bring that into what I love doing from the digital to the, the real world and yeah. I was looking at my 20 year younger version of me and I was heading out on a Saturday night and I was getting my sure. bus in from Raff Farnham and I was hitting Camden Street you know that's when I should be served up some really clever piece of content or something yep. that's going to say there's a brilliant drinks offer in here you might get a vip treatment is is that yeah, where we're going with it yeah more? It, well i mean that kind of loyalty type piece almost has always been there but it's expected that it it's more full-blown than that 
and it operates right through before the guy or girl even considers mm. going out on yes. a Saturday ah, night. Okay, yes, right? yeah. It starts there, so it influences. It brings in ideas of where they might go or should go, to, if, if, if you want to use that example, um, and right through to then functioning within the right uh, windows. So that guy or girl probably lives in WhatsApp or Facebook mm, Messenger, okay. right? That's where eyeballs are. So that brand or how they function or communicate probably needs to be more conversational right. led. Um, it needs to um, interrupt, that's probably the wrong word, but it needs to nudge uh, at the right times and deliver something really contextually useful. If it is around a purchase, a sign-in to view something or you're in your area, if it's location-based, whatever it might be, okay. it's, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's really important to kind of live in the right windows that way. And you kind of touched on it there because there's this other lovely new definition or term being used in, in our industry about conversational commerce. Sure. Um, could you could you go into a bit more detail around what that, yeah, that looks sure. like? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. I guess like we're still in our early days around that and a lot of brands are still dipping into this, particularly through automation and bots and stuff. Mm, you know, if mm. you jump onto Facebook Messenger... Um, you can hit up a good few kind of automated experiences where you can order a coffee or a pizza or mm. on your watch, yes. either through, yeah, a, through yeah. a bot. You can do it through one to three taps maybe. Mm. And you can do it through um, a conversational flow within a bot. Um, I hate using the term bot because it's so uh, computational yes. almost to yeah. everyday consumers. Mm. I think customers still don't fully get the automation flow. I think it's still very early days. They have problems interacting with it because a lot of uh, automated either purchasing flows or experience flows fail very quickly um, because the conversation or branching around the experience uh, is not baked or learned enough. So it's early days in the creation. And, okay. Um, but okay. but uh, the conversational piece, yeah, if you look at some brands like Nike, you can purchase through conversation where you're literally yeah, okay. speaking to nike they spin up the picture of the shoes you want mm, hit mm. buy and it goes from there and then you got a nice retention phase after that they start to feed you some good info around your shoes take care of you offer up other products the usual story fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. and mark I, I, you've got such an impressive um i guess list of well cv in terms of you've worked over in the states you've worked with some uh -huh. big irish brands sure i'm always thinking about you know we've got technology we can't stop that but what are the skills you are seeing in the, in the companies you're working in, the key kind of human skills that people will need for the next three to five years? The biggest thing of all that I've witnessed where some skills are lacking most and need more effort and emphasis put on is the customer development process. Um, so I've mentored a plethora of startups in the past few years and looking at their models and the kind of verticals they're going to situate in and really... Um, you know, there's so much Me Too products out there that actually if companies or brands actually focus on the customer development process and get deeper into the human truth of the product, mm -hmm. whether the product should even exist, yes, yeah. um, what part of the product is uniquely different from the 15 other products that yeah, do the yeah. same thing, mm -hmm. if they can truly get to the truth of that, um, they can really win in that area and position themselves that way. And, true market fit um, but um but you know that is really hard but the customer development process is definitely the most the biggest area um creating feedback cycles from customers running interview surveys whatever it might be daily weekly monthly mm -hmm. whatever it is but there should be some form of a framework a analysis framework built within the org that literally starts from day one 
identify all our buyer personas let's get out and meet them every week let's hear how they work what their daily lives are like and would they even want to use our brand or product or service in some way and i guess that's feeding back into this whole element of you know the word is used a lot but the curiosity and embedding that ethos kira had just said it earlier of like actually looking at customer complaints is a rich source of source of data and being curious about them as opposed to going you won't get any better data than sitting with your customer service team Mm -hmm. and listen to how they're using the product what they misunderstood what they interpreted a button to do that it was supposed to do that didn't do Mm. um etc some of the aha moments will come out there over a period of time that coupled with your quantitative data and qualitative active data by doing questionnaires surveys and all that stuff you'll really start to get a good humming cycle of insights running weekly monthly around what's actually happening in the product and where iterations and um uh, iterations and improvements can be made all the time. Um, unfortunately, for a lot of kind of brick and mortars, they find that part harder yes. because it's harder to access data, the right kind of data mm-hmm. to make those changes. The D to C kind of online digital approaches, um, we're very lucky in that space because we can iterate on the fly yes. through A/B testing and the usual stuff that we do. So yeah. And final, final one for tonight. Yeah, work away. What is who are who are those brands that you would say? You know, again, thinking of our candidates in mind, and we're always asked what are the best companies to go and work for and learn in. <clears throat> Who's doing it really well out there? I always, um, I always mention a couple of brands because I'm in the tech space and the SaaS area. Um, I always talk about Slack. It's such an obvious one, but I don't just focus it on as a product as a whole. I pick kind of parts of it, and I realize and look at the the ridiculous amount of effort they've gone to to make the experience amazing. So if you just go to their help center alone mm. in Slack, it's unreal. It's probably the best help center I've ever seen. Wow. Between illustrations, video, the mm. dialogue, the wording, the language is so simple to understand mm. that anyone can understand how to mm-hmm. fix an issue. Like help centers, for example, are the biggest converters for a lot of products, mm. but most product companies don't get that. Yeah. They can reduce churn, they can reduce so much stuff internally if the help center is done so well, and the language and the wording and the whole approach to it. But yeah, I use Slack. Um, when I think about CX and design and onboarding, I look at companies like Paldesk, um, I look at Box, I look at Rike, uh, I look at Pandadoc, mm. they're an amazing platform. Um, great design. Not amazing design, but they but they have catered for every journey and every part of the experience with supportive material and education and hand holding, mm. so you don't get stuck. Yes. So they've gone to that effort, and that's a obviously a boatload of work, but they've they, they've really approached it in a good way. Yeah. And again, it's back yeah. to that continuous learning, lifelong learning, and looking at curious ways to yeah. develop your product. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, like a lot of the norms are set. You can see that now with a lot of the good brands. They're laying down the norms everywhere yes, yeah. and so you have somewhere to benchmark off mm. and if you can't even hit off that benchmark like a netflix experience or some elements of it to some degree um then you, you know you've a lot of work to yeah, do yeah, there's no there's almost yeah. no point in yeah in because it's the expectation we flick onto it every day and we just expect that level of experience yes, yeah. or uh, elements of it and what do you think um my kids now we we actually just bought they bought it they came up with the ideas of mother's day's present for my wife uh, our first voice assistant. Sure. And their expectations and their yeah. use of it is just way beyond. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, sure. phenomenal. No, it's great. Like, I mean, in, in terms of voice purchasing or voice banking or whatever you want to frame it, um, yeah, it's all coming. Uh, Capital One Bank, 
have already built some Alexa skills around signing to your bank account mm. and listening to your balance and different right. stuff. Uh, brands are diving right in there, and Alexa skills are being updated weekly, monthly, constantly, the mm. whole time. So yeah, we're 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 also going to be building those conversations as mm. part of the overall brand experience. So you can see the layers of labor involved to get the experience right yes. at every touch point. Right, mm. it's big. It's, it's grown all the time. So yeah. skills are growing, and upskilling is so imperative in those areas. Oh, the future. The future is very interesting. It is. Yeah. It's it's big. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a lot of work. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, Mark. Thank you so much. No problem. I'm really at all. looking Thank forward you. to the rest of the evening. Yeah, okay. Me too. Best of luck. Thanks Thank for you. Your time. Thank, Thank you. you.